There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hello, everybody. Got to tell you about Dr. Busby and ToeGrips.com. That is ToeGrips.com with our friend Dr. Busby. Of course, she'll take good care of you. Uh, And your dogs in particular because your dogs are wonderful and your dogs need to be taken care of. Like uh, if you have questions about your dog, uh, check out Dr. Busby's blog. That blog, of course, is at ToeGrips.com. And that blog has all the answers to all your questions. You say, oh, my dog is limping. Well, here's the thing, friend. If your dog is limping... Maybe you should check out ToeGrips.com because, um, you know, there's going to be an answer as to, you know, for why your dog is limping or, hey, my dog is, uh, my dog's sneezing a lot. My dog's pooping a lot. My dog's poop is running. My dog's poop is not brown. It's orange. Or if you get like a diagnosis from a vet, like, hey, your dog has this or your dog might have that. And you're kind of like, I don't know what that means. They didn't do a really good job of explaining it. If you Google it, I'm sure Dr. Busby will have an explanation for what ails your pup. I would imagine Dr. Busby will. So check out ToeGrips.com. That is ToeGrips.com. The promo code is Luther. That is L-U-T-H-E-R, Luther. And uh, you can check that out at ToeGrips.com and save 10% if you buy the Toe Grips. If you buy the do-it-yourself nail trimming kit, whatever it is, Dr. Busby will get you taken care of. ToeGrips.com. Uh, and Luther takes the Encore Mobility Supplement. It really helps him out. Like today, he was like climbing hills and stuff, like out, like like in the in the in the mountain, not in the mountains. That's ridiculous. He was not in the mountains, but you get the point. He was out there doing the damn thing. Handle it better than you did. Yes, he did. That's a fact, Jack. So ToeGrips.com promo code Luther saves you ten percent. Let's go. This is the Josh Innes Show. Howdy, everybody, and welcome in. It's Josh and Jelly today. How are you? What's going on, Jelly? Fucking hot again. It is. Uh, oh, the heat is oppressive. I know. We're back to that. It is miserable heat right now in Tennessee. And I know that there are people watching in Houston and other places like, piss off, bro. We deal with heat all the time. And trust me, I lived that life. I know it. I lived in Louisiana and Texas for most of my existence. So I get it. But, I mean, it's just miserable. We took Luther for a like a little 10-minute stroll a second ago, sweating my balls off. Yep. Can't get it cooler than 75 in the house. It's it's bad. It's one of those things right now. So, uh, but we hope you guys are doing well. Welcome in. Of course, uh, I say of course as if you knew this, but uh, tonight we're drinking wine because it is the trade deadline wind down tonight, baby. We're winding down, talking about uh, what happened at the trade deadline, all the moves, all the money moves, the power moves, who's gotten better, who's gotten worse, that among other shit. Like, you know, what Bregman could have named his baby, for instance, which is a fine conversation for everyone to engage in. Uh, but uh, here we go. Ready to rock and roll. Uh, so uh, Astros did nothing today, which makes sense because they made three moves yesterday. Let's start with Vasquez because I found that interesting. Imagine yourself in a situation where you get traded. Not only did you get traded, you're playing the team you got traded to and yeah. you're in their place and you're already in uniform for the team that is trading you. Like that's got to suck, right? And then right? the media swarms you and says, hey, did you hear you got traded? 
Yeah, like that sucks. Like I like the, the problem I have, like and I saw some people like on both sides, Astros people and fans of other teams ripping Vasquez saying, "Oh, did you see that audio or hear that audio? Did oh, you yeah, see the video?" There, there he were, clearly doesn't want to be there. He's pissed off. There were people spinning it as in, "Yeah, you can tell he doesn't want to play for cheaters." Well, here's what I would say. I'd say a lot of people, especially I would imagine a lot of Boston people have never moved before. Right. So like moving is a pain in the ass. First of all, like and now imagine your Vasquez, who I believe has been with the uh, the, the Red Sox while, since 08. Yeah. He's been part of that organization since 08. Imagine your whole life is there. I have no idea what his family sitch is, wife, kids, whatever. But let's assume he's got a wife and some kids or a wife and a dog. I don't know. He's got a house probably in Boston, got a house. I would guess he does. And you've got your entire life that's wrapped up in being in Boston. And it's like, oh, by the way, um, now you're going to be uprooted against your wishes as well, which is a pain in the ass. I'm not saying like it's the worst thing that ever happened to him, and I'm not saying that his life sucks. Well, it's bank and slap and says, I get it, it sucks. They're millionaires. They'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine, but in that moment... I, I kind of felt bad for him. Like, you got to oh, give him a second to breathe Well, here. no, here's the thing. Like, it, like, I get it. They're millionaires. Life will go on. You deal with it. But I think it's easy to say when you're not millionaires, although from what Spank and Slappet was showing me over the weekend, I'm fairly certain he is a millionaire in some way because my dudes out there, like, got mansions and shit. My man Spank and Slappet's out here living the life. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm just, like, chilling at my, 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 my dad's palace in Galveston right now. I'm like, holy shit. But, like, most of us in here are not millionaires, right? We're not rich. So it's easy for us to say, oh, you can deal with it because you're a millionaire and your life is easy. I get that. And I understand why it's easy to do that and come to that conclusion. But just for the just for the sake of this discussion, the discussion is, oh, he looked upset that he was being traded to the Astros. Imagine you're preparing to play a baseball game for a team. You've played with that team your entire existence for the most part. It's a huge part of your life. And you find out that against your wishes, against your will, you were just traded off, shipped off to someone else. And now you've got to talk to the media right after it happens. Like, that sucks. Like, that's no good. Now, I get it. It's part of the business. You get traded. He's on a better team now. He's got a better chance to win the World Series now. So life doesn't suck. And he's still making a lot of, of, of cash and everything. I get it. But relocating is a pain in the ass, no matter who you are. Like, imagine you're Vasquez, right? Like, you're in a scenario where your house, I would imagine, is in Boston, you're uh, the family. I don't know. Does he have a wife and kid in Boston? Sure like you, like it is a pain in the ass. Cause first of all, you got to worry about playing a baseball game. You got to worry about meeting your new teammates, talking to the media. And oh, by the way, you got to figure out where you're going to fucking live. So like you get traded. I imagine today he's got to be out there talking to like a house hunter or somebody like that. Like, Hey, I need to find a place to rent for six months until the season's over or four months until the season's over. I don't know how much time's left on his deal. Does he still have time? Is he a free agent at the end of the year? Do they have ex you know, extra years? Like there's a lot of factors that go into it relocating sucks it blows as someone who has moved from baton rouge to houston houston to philadelphia philadelphia back to houston houston to nashville it fucking sucks so again they'll get over it and yeah life will go on and he'll make his cash and everything will be fine but it is what it is. Like, it does suck. And that's all talking about the context of this story, which was, oh, he looks miserable having to go play in Houston. Well, your fucking world is spinning at that point. Like, you are like, what the fuck is the next move I make? What do I do? You know?
Papa was a Rolling Stone, says Drew19120. Now, 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 when I was a kid, Papa was a Rolling Stone, and wherever he laid his hat was, in fact, his home, and we moved like eight times. I'm trying to think of the number of times that we moved that I even remember by the time I was 10, and it had to been like seven times. Now, my dad never had to worry about it because my mom did everything, and my dad would just sit back and chill, and my mom would figure it all out, from what I recall. But, like, it is not an enjoyable experience. It is not fun to relocate and have to come up with everything like that. So, so like, he, does, uh, I just, he has, like, a really emotional post on Instagram thinking, like, the Boston fans. He's been there for 15 years, you know, the whole thing. He's excited to play for the Astros. But to answer your question, he does, in fact, have a wife and seemingly a baby and a small child. A baby and a small child. Again, you know, I mean, it's, it's a tough spot to be in. Like, I... Like, I feel bad for him from that regard. Houston doesn't have the racist that Boston has. He'll love it here. Good point, fake Adam Clanton, or maybe real Adam Clanton. Who knows? Your point is valid. Because it doesn't. Like, there was a story about how Bill Russell died the other day, and it's like, well, you know... I got to give the guy a lot of credit because he lived in racist shithole Boston at like the height of its racist shitholeness. So he deserves a lot of credit. Uh, let's see. Spankett Slavitt says most players would love to be on the Astros. Actual contenders, unlike Seattle or Oakland. No one's disagreeing with that. Like who actually stepped up and said nobody wants to play for the fucking Astros? Of course he's fine playing for the Astros. Like, I, like it's weird how serious fans take shit. And like again, that like first shit interview, people take shit personal. That initial interview, like, do we even know if he knew he was traded at that point or was that literally the media saying hey heard you got traded like you don't I mean, that was very i don't think you can judge him based on that no like come on man like i like i, I think here's the problem i have right the issue that I run into with people is, and I know it's hard to relate to celebrities, but people just throw out dumb shit, like on the internet. They'll just run out and say dumb shit, and people don't think. And maybe I'm just a fucking idiot, and I think too much, but like, if he would have stepped up and said, fuck them Astros, or some cheating sons of bitches, okay. then they're okay, go off and say, this guy's a piece of shit, fuck him right in the ass. And I would totally understand it, and I would get it, and I would respect your angst. I can't respect the angst of people who, like, who, who, who were upset that he looked a little bit shocked when he got traded like get over it well, like, he wasn't jumping up and down like like get the fuck over I mean, it I, I i he's happy to be there trust me <laughs> like i don't know him obviously but as people have said he's going to contender like if Pretty i were a good chance to go to the world series i think he's okay like if it worked that way in any other business right like imagine you're living your life you're doing whatever it is you do for a living you work at a bank or you're a truck driver or you're like spank it slap it who like rides jet skis and shit all day imagine that happened to you spank it slap it imagine you got traded from your family to some shitty family like and it could just happen that way it's like hey you know you're enjoying your life of hanging out and riding the jet skis and chilling and life kicks ass and everything's great and then they're like actually you're going to be traded to the Ennis family congratulations you are no longer living a life of luxury you live with Scott Ennis now you'd go fuck I don't want to get traded fuck man no Scott Ennis might be a wonderful guy but I don't want him to be my dad I like my dad because my dad's rich as fuck and we go golf at Trump golf courses and we rule <laughs> so again, I know it's unrealistic, but imagine yourself in that situation is all I'm saying. Put yourself in the position of these well, aside players. Aside from that, what do you think about that move and the Mancini and the Will Smith? They're all good. There's not a negative in those moves. Who did they give up to get those guys? The answer is nobody. Like he added Will Smith. He gave up Jake Odorizzi. Nobody liked Jake Odorizzi anyway, right? You Very bring true. in Mancini. Who'd you give up to get Mancini? Nobody of any value. What, Siri? Siri. Big fucking, like, 
like that's how you gauge this shit. I don't know if these guys are going to help them like win World Series or not. Like, I think they're obviously a contender. They're the second best team record-wise in the AL, and they've actually been better than the Yankees when they've played. So rock on, right? I don't know if that's going to help them win, but I can look at what they gave up to get those guys, and they gave up basically dick to get those guys. Like, those are impressive deals, right? Now, granted, they didn't trade for Juan Soto, so you weren't expecting to give up some gigantic package to get them. But still... It's pretty badass that you don't have to... You give up Jose Siri to get to Mancini? Like, I mean, that's basically it. Like, that's thievery. Because you are automatically better as an offensive baseball team today. If you said, you can have Siri. Like, they're, like you give up Jake Odorizzi. You have a wealth of talent in the rotation. And you give up Jake Odorizzi to get someone who helps shore up your bullpen. Like and you know you're getting Lance back, too. I hate to go all, like, you know, ask, you know a Rockets fan talking about Daryl Morey here. But, like, these aren't de- – they don't lose. Generally speaking, in these trades, like, a lot of teams have to give up valuable pieces of what they do to add somebody. That wasn't the case here. This wasn't – wow, they gave up a lot. They literally gave up nothing. They gave up nothing to add three players that made the best. Who's who were the pieces in the uh, the Vasquez deal? Uh, was it a couple? It was it like minor league guys. Who gives a fuck about minor league guys? Oh, I'll tell you who cares about minor league guys: the fucking St. Louis Cardinals, who could have had Juan Soto, but they couldn't part with freaking Dylan Carlson and a couple of hot minor league prospects. Like they're fucking morons. Like, at least the Astros are like, oh, you want to take a couple of prospects? Now, again, I get that these are the like the Cardinals ones where they're highest available prospects, kind of. And Dylan Carlson. I, Dylan Carlson better be Mickey fucking Mantle and Jim Edmonds fucked and had a baby. That's who this Dylan Carlson better be. Because if you are if you mean to tell me you're not going to trade Dylan Carlson as part of a package to get Juan Soto to try to win some World Series right now, imagine a lineup that's got Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Soto 2-3-4, 3-4-5 in it. Pujols hitting the way he's hitting. Oh, of course, you don't do that because you got to make sure you don't give up Dylan fucking Carlson. This guy better hit 80 home runs one year. That son of a bitch. Like, it's not his fault that I now hate him, but I do. Like, the, the Cardinals have made Dylan Carlson a hateable player to me as someone who roots for the Cardinals. And it's not Dylan Carlson's fault. It's the bow tie wearing piece of shit general manager John Mosellock who goes, hey, by the way, we don't want Juan Soto because we don't want to give up Dylan Carlson. So, yeah, the this, uh, Astros gave uh, minor league infielder Emmanuel Valdez and outfielder Wyler Abreu in return for uh, Who Vasquez. are those people? Two people you'll probably never hear their names again. Because as we've talked about with the Astros, when they give up hot minor league prospects, how often do you actually hear of those guys doing anything? Never. So give James Click credit. They went out there and they made moves that cost them nothing and can put them in better position to win the World Series. That's baller shit. So big ups to James Click. Compared to John fucking Mosellock, that son of a bitch in St. Louis. Well, I mean, oh, we got, well, we got Jose Quintana. Like, basically, they made moves that helped them this year on a team that's not going to win the World Series. When you could add Juan Soto for two more years with the lineup you had, and you could have been play, you could outslugged people for the World Series, but instead you're like, nope, can't part ways with some minor league guys and Dylan fucking Carlson. And then he could be the White Sox who did absolutely nothing. Rumor is they tried to go for Otani for five minutes, which of course that didn't end up going anywhere for anyone. Yeah. And then 
presumably Tony Larusa fell asleep, and then everyone that did else happen. Fell he was asleep in the dugout. Yeah, there's no. He, was. he is old and probably drunk all the time. <laughs> he definitely is. I think he is bombed all the time. Good for him. Way to go out, though. You get paid a million bucks or so to manage a baseball team or whatever he's getting paid. And they're never he's gonna bombed. fire him. He's got immunity because he's friends with the owner. They're never gonna fire him. Yeah. You just get blitzed before the game and pass out. Like he never moves. He stands in the exact same place in the dugout the whole time and just kind of does this move. Like it's like the end of the night at the bar and like it's like that time when your friends are gonna tell you you need to go home. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, I've been that a lot. Like when you just kinda rock back and forth and you kinda jolt awake. That's Tony LaRusa every night in the dugout for the White Sox. Like in my mind baller like, status. Like in my mind, they were trying to reach out to him to kind of get some opinions on who he thought, hey, should we do this trade? Tony, what do you think? Because they do value his opinion, you know? And he just never called them back because he fell asleep. God, that's living. That's how I think it went down for the White Sox. That's exactly how it went down, and that's how it should have went down. It should go down that way all the time. But I think the White Sox think they're going to get better with health. I heard them talking about that on MLB Network, and I, I would agree with that. Like Their lineup, when healthy, is very good. Tony is like the Tom Hanks character in A League of Their Own. He's like Jimmy Dugan. He just sits there, scratches his balls. He's passed out. And then like, hey, did we win? No? Okay, good. Game over. Move on. Like, Tony, just every time he wins, he adds to his all, you know, his win total, and that's it. And Speaking of A League of Their Own, how bad do you think this new A League of Their Own series on Amazon is going to be? Terrible. Yeah, it looks awful. I have no desire to watch it. Don't fuck with good stuff. Tired of that shit. I see our Philly people think uh, World Series are bust now. Hey, listen, they got better. Give them credit. They did Dude, they've ahead. sucked at baseball for over a decade. Like, they're fighting for the third wild card spot, and this is like their little World Series for them, so good for them. They're not used to being good at baseball. Really, historically, the Phillies aren't used to being good at baseball. They'll have little pockets of success, like, hey, late 70s, early 80s, success. One year in the 90s, success. Handful of years in the mid-2000s, success. And that's about it. They have the, they're among the most losses in uh, all-time uh, history anyway. So who cares? Like, let them have their moment. That's the way I view it. Like, the Phillies, I'm not even going to get worked up and fight with them about the players they signed because you or traded for. You know why? They got better, and they're fighting for that little third wild card spot, and it's cute, and they're not used to winning. It's adorable seeing the McDougals get excited. I've never seen them baseball excited. My entire existence there, the season was over by the middle of April. Not so fast, my friend. 2022, thanks to that extra wild card, the Phillies are right in the mix. So give them credit. And they didn't have to give up shit to get those guys. They gave up Mickey Moniak uh, to add, uh, what's his name, uh, Noah Syndergaard. Mickey Moniak is known for being a guy that was the number one overall pick and did nothing. I actually saw someone tweet this, and some Philly McDougal, and it was funny. Like, they got Noah Syndergaard for Mickey Moniak, and he's not even the best Mickey M that they've ever had. They're talking about Mickey Morandini, of course. But he's not even the best Mickey M that they've had historically for the Phillies. So, um, hey, rock on, man. Hey, I listen, I don't, I, I am not going to fight Philly people on this. I'm not going to shit on you because you did, they, you made the right moves. You Tom Cruised it, baby, all the right moves. Harper might come back by the end of the month. He had his pins taken out of his yeah. hand. You're a game ahead of the Cardinals for the third wild card spot. The division's not a possibility. We know that. But you're right there in the mix for it, right? It's really you and St. Louis fighting for that spot because I think the Giants are like five games out of the third wild card. How many wild cards are they going to add like down the line? Like, yeah, we're fighting for the 11th wild card everybody makes the playoffs we're the nba soon but hey philly you did good 
Your GM did good. You made moves. I root for the Cardinals. That's like my number one team, right? That's my number one girl, right? They went out and had a chance to get Juan Soto, a 24, 25-year-old generational player that if you signed him would be there for a decade. Instead, you focused on signing Jose Quintana because you had to keep Dylan Carlson. Yes, you're right. It's uh, The Cardinals are a game behind the Phils for the last wild card, and then after that, the Giants are four and a half back from the Phils. So that's who we are. And then after so, that, it's the Marlins. So it really like is. The only reason I don't want them to make the playoffs is because they would make it over my team. And because it's fun to see like McDougal be miserable. Well, San Diego really falls off a cliff, which I don't think they are now. Probably not, but like, couldn't you see a scenario where they just keep adding these great players? Like, San Diego's always supposed to be great, and then they never actually are. Like, you could see a scenario where they add all these guys, and they're not actually that good. Also, like, the Cardinals, I mean, they could still win the division. Correct. So like, they're, they're still, still in it, and they that. play the Cubs yeah. tonight, and we'll see what they do. You but then they play the Yankees, that. and they're going to get their asses kicked by the Yankees, and, and it is what it is. But, like, McDougal is having his moment. This is it. This is hey, it's been 12 years or 11 years since this team's been to the playoffs. Last team they went to the pl- last time they went to the playoffs, the Cardinals uh, beat them in 5, one nothing at home in game 5. Chris Carpenter battles Roy Halladay and got the W. First run of the game brought in by Skip Schumacher and that's all they needed. One nothing Carpenter complete game into the era right there. They've had 11 12 years since they've been even decent. So, hey, you made money moves, see what you can do. I'm in it, man. Hey, more power to you. No hate from me, kiddos. No hate's going to come down from me for my Phillies, friends. The Padres are the angels of the uh, National League. Not a bad call on that one, B-Smooth 790. But the difference being, of course, that like all the players that they spend money on are not busted ass like old dudes. Like... They signed Pujols. Pujols was coming off of, I believe he had like plantar fasciitis when they signed him, and he was in his 30s. And he's probably in his 40s at the time, if we're being fair, right? So they made that move. And then they signed pitchers that never worked out. At least these are all dudes that are relatively young. I mean, Tatis is obviously young, and so is uh, Soto. How old is Machado? Like, is Machado like 28, 29? Whatever he is. Point being in all of this is I wouldn't say that they're the Angels because these dudes are actually young and dumb and hell and hungry and they might be better off than Machado's you know old, 30. He's 30. And you know, better than old ass Albert Pujols and you know bad back uh, trout. So this might be a better situation than that. And they signed our boy Musgrove to a long term deal. They did. We're, we're Musgrove people in old this Joe. house. We are uh we are big time Joe Musgrove stands. As it were. Hey, Joe was one of the ones partying at the Astros parade. He was catching beers and chugging beers and stuff. Musgrove we can stand. Throw down. We stand for Joe Musgrove. So I root for him. He's one of the few players that the uh, Astros have let walk that's actually been successful. <laughs> A lot of them just, you know, roll out and, and do nothing. I so. also enjoyed this tweet from CBS Sports, which would like to remind everyone that in 2017, Noah Syndergaard stole the Philly Fanatics ATV. Yeah, and now they have to reunite. That's going to be a big topic on Angelo in the morning. I um, think they're going to question this move on Angelo because they stole the Fanatics uh, ATV. Well, does this mean Syndergaard has to come out with the Fanatic cleats? Uh, oh, I think that's the only way to make up for it. Yeah. Or he has to go out and make a baby and then name that baby Ben Franklin Bridge Syndergaard. <laughs> if he does Wells Fargo Center, which isn't going to exist for very much longer because they're trying to build that stadium in downtown.
That seems Which like a terrible dumb. idea. Yep. If, if it's not the traffic you're fighting, it's going to be the hobos. So have a good time with a, an arena right there in downtown Philadelphia. What a disaster. The only benefit for that would be like when we lived in Maniunk, it would just be a single regional rail down to the stadium instead of then transferring to the subway. But Yeah. But it doesn't impact us anymore. We ain't living in that fucking place ever again. Nope, no, Do we not. look like the, the hosts of the greatest sports show ever? Like, does that look like us? No. <laughs> I forgot so, how great that name is. So uh, I was, uh, I, I got a text from Andy, and he didn't give me any details, but he was in Philly because his daughter was visiting some friends. So he flew to Philly to pick her up, and he's like, I'm listening to the new Fanatic Afternoon show. I'm like, how is it? He's like, eh. Like, Not I would imagine that's what it is. the greatest show ever? It's the greatest sports show ever? Uh, but... Um, Anyway, so uh, but um, so Astros are better. The Yankees are now. The Yankees got better defensively, but here's the thing: they, they traded with the Cardinals and got rid of uh, Jordan Montgomery and sent him to St. Louis. Like I'm ripping on the Cardinals because they didn't get Soto, but their pitching staff is better today than it was two days ago because Quintana is an upgrade, and so is Montgomery. Problem is, I just don't think they're going to score enough runs against anybody to beat anyone. They're basically planning to beat teams two to one. They're going to hope for the best. Like hey, one nothing every game because their offense stinks uh, or at least is mediocre basically they are what they always are like some nights they'll go out and and score 10 other nights they'll score one their feast or famine but the Yankees in return got Harrison Bader Harrison Bader is one of the best defensive center fielders in the game and he was great for the Cardinals in center field problem is he's a minimal offensive player he'll have moments where he gets hot for a little bit and you know uh, you know he'll he'll hit well for a month and that's it you know I mean he's just a limited offensive player like his advantage is his speed but speed's been kind of you know nullified in today's game because you don't steal bases anymore a lot of guys don't take first to third anymore like speed isn't the killer that it used to be when teams would steal 200 bases a year like you'll be lucky to see teams steal 200 bases in a decade now it's just not the way it works anymore but uh, he makes them better defensively, certainly. But you do lose something in your rotation there uh, by losing Jordan Montgomery. But I'm just looking at the teams that the Astros are competing with to win the AL at this point. There's nobody in their division they're competing with, obviously. It really just comes down to the Yankees. You know, you look around the American League. I mean, Boston ain't a player. I mean, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Boston's really weird with what they're doing. They fell off a cliff, though. Like, what were they like? They only lost like six games in June, I think, and then only won like four in July or something well, ridiculous. But the thing is, they're still only a couple of games out of that third wild card. That's the interesting thing is that the American League pretty much blows. Like, there's not a team in the American League Central right now that would beat the Astros or the Whites or the uh, the Astros or the Yankees in a series. No, I mean, it's all but implied that the ALCS is going to be Astros-Yankees. Correct. No, well, obviously, those two teams are getting the bye in the first round. Like, I don't think anyone can even catch them. So it's those two of the first round buys and then the rest. Correct. So, like, like basically just fast forward to October when that series happens and let's go. And then pound for pound, I think you got a great fucking series there, man. Yeah, the, the Red Sox are currently just three games out of the wild card. Well, like, they didn't move on from J.D. Martinez, which people thought they would, yet they move on from Vasquez. Like, as, as B. Smooth says, that Boston, they're buyers and sellers. It is yeah. very strange. And they, they, they added uh, Tommy Pham as well and then Hosmer, right? Yeah. 
And the Hosmer thing obviously was weird because Hosmer, right, was what was holding up the, the Soto trade. The Soto deal. He's like, so. no, I'm not going to Good Washington. For him. I will not. Like, imagine that power. <laughs> he's like, oh, the only thing holding up this deal is Eric Hosmer. And he's like, Good, I'm not going to fight. Good, like go out there and at least compete. Playing for the Nationals, you're not competing. You go from this Padres team that was going to be stacked with dudes. Like, that'd be a fun lineup to be in. But you're like, no, then send me somewhere else. They send you to Boston and things work out for you in that way, I guess. Red Sox play the Astros tonight, correct? They do. I think that game probably starts here in 20 minutes or so. Yep. Uh, or if you're listening to the podcast, it happened yesterday, and I have no idea what the final score of the game is. And Bregman back in the lineup after taking his one-day paternity leave. Look at that. He says, listen, I'll be there when that damn baby is born, but you better listen here and you listen good, Missy. I got shit to do. I got I got ball games to win, hon. It worked hun. well, too, that, like, she had the baby when they were in town. Like, he didn't have to fly back and leave the team or anything. He's just like, all right, let me go handle this. Baby's born. Baby's healthy. Let's go play baseball. Look at that. Yeah. Hey, that's what it should be, you know? Like, I like I get that it's their first kid, so he's going to be there. By the time they pump out three or four more, he won't even have to be there when the kid's born. Everything will be fine. Uh, Spank It Slap It asks, will Mancini play first or outfield? Is Yuli going to ride the bench? I would assume that move means that Gurriel rides the bench. He's got a great glove at first, obvious, uh, at obvious. But, like, you look at this, they're obviously making moves like that because they lacked pop offensively, and a large part of that is because Gurriel lacks pop offensively. He's not the same player he was. So... I would imagine he's going to get in there. I saw some people were pissed that these dudes weren't in the lineup tonight. First of all, like a catcher is the most difficult position. Now, this is just my estimation here. But a catcher has to be the most difficult position to just jump into a team with. Like, for instance, you got Javier tonight. Maybe Javier's got a good rapport with uh, Machado. Or not Machado, but with uh, Machete. Yep. So maybe they've got a great rapport and they're going to go at it, right? Like, they are like they were going to do it no matter what. Like, it's hard. Like, you've got to learn signals with dudes. you got to figure out what their tendencies are. Like, it's not an easy thing to be a catcher and just jump in with a new guy, especially in big games like this. Like, if you're playing the Royals or something, I would yeah, imagine it's it, different. Yeah. But, you know, you're still <laughs> playing a competitive team like the Red Sox. Well, and you're you're only three, against... four games behind the Yankees for the top spot. You don't want to lose these games at home. Well, then, who knows? I mean, maybe there is an emotional thing into it. Do you want this guy, you know, Vasquez's first game to be against the team whose locker room he was in the night before? Like, I'm maybe. sure that's kind of a mind fuck, too. You may, because maybe he wants to go out there and say, hey, fuck you for trading me. That could be. You know, but, like, I think the bigger issue that they run into is you got Javier's been pitching his ass off, and he's had one catcher for the most part that he's done it with. And you want to send him out there and go. People hate Dusty for, like, I don't, I'll never understand the Dusty Baker hate. Because people are stupid. Like, I get it. The guy's lost with other teams and hadn't won the World Series. He's not A.J. Hinch. Because look, Okay, look at what A.J. Hinch is doing in, <laughs> in uh, Detroit. Not much. They're like 23 games under 500 in a year that they were supposed to allegedly be a 500 type of team. So spare me like the oh, A.J. Hinch has got. Baseball managers suck. And let's Tony, never forget, what's the reason the Astros don't have another World Series? A.J. Hinch. And by the way... You start looking at baseball managers. Tony La Russa, I believe, has the second most wins of any manager of all time. And he falls asleep in he the dugout. He falls asleep in the dugout. Especially in today's game, baseball managers are essentially worthless. So you can shit on Dusty all you want, but Dusty rules. He seems like a fucking cool dude. So let's rock, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, thanks for the 10 bucks, Drew19120. You guys want to throw in Cheers a few bucks? Feel you. free. We got some wine tonight. Hey, you want to throw in a dollar, two, whatever? Go for it, man. We're having a good night here drinking some wine. Tiger JT says Josh is on fire talking ports tonight. Look out, local Nashville hacks. Let me tell you something. Like, 
I'll tell you this. I've been in a weird state of mind lately where, like, I miss getting on and just ranting about sports stuff. Like, because basically I do fluff shit now. That's, like, what my life is. And Don't that's fine. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Well, it's not even that. Like, because I'll do sports and hate that, too, because there's a lot of morons. Yep. But, like, I, I do the, the radio show, and it's fine, and it does well. But, like, I get up every day, and I'm like, God damn it, Josh. You're, like, dollar store Bobby Bones now. Like, what are you? And then, like, there are days I'm just really fired up and just want to rant and rave and talk for long periods of time. And then I realize I've got, like, two minutes minutes to talk about nothing and then play fucking credence and it kind of gets to me on occasion and today is one of those fucking days i'm pissing vinegar i'm fired up i'm ready to fucking go uh d hess asked josh is it exhausting being such a fucking stud sometimes it is uh, i could listen to you for hours on end talking about sports so much passion behind the convictions that's how i roll d hess that's what i'm here to do baby I offer you passionate opinions with conviction most of the time everything i offer you is with conviction i've just been in a bad headspace like i kind of ebb and flow with my headspace sometimes because my radio show does extremely well and it's number one in town and it's great but then it's like i miss like here's where i made a mistake I'll tell you where I made a mistake last week. I was randomly going through YouTube and YouTube will suggest things for me because I usually put on like an interview on YouTube on my way into work. And basically what I listen to in those interviews kind of dictates the mood I'm in for that week. So there was a stretch where I was listening to like Joe Rogan interviews with people about like conspiracy theories and shit. And you were angry. And all of a sudden I was just angry and had conspiracy theories. Well, last week I was listening to old Opie and Anthony clips. And it's funny because I knew when you were like, you got to hear this new place for me when we were driving somewhere. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. Why are we listening to this? It was old ONA clips doing exactly what I love to do. Yep, I, I knew this was coming. Here's my favorite thing to do on the radio. I love to riff with people who are fun to riff with who can keep up. And I love to do, like, just kind of rapid fire stuff, impromptu stuff. And you can't do that in music radio because you basically got two minutes and you got to play cutting crew. Well, we don't play cutting crew, but you get the point. My station Harrisburg actually played that today. Well, look at you. So, Aren't you spell? Oh, somebody gets to play, play cutting, cutting crew. crew. Somebody, you know what? I might put it in the request tomorrow. Actually, we, I remember I was going to do that, and it wasn't even in our system. I think I had to order it. But anyway, so I made the mistake of listening to Opie and Anthony, and they're doing like this funny shit, and Ant's doing these impressions, and they're riffing, and I fucking love to riff. And you just can't riff when you're talking up. Bon Jovi records because you don't have time to riff and the audience in their defense I'm not riffing the audience they're not expecting me to get on there and talk for 40 minutes an hour they're expecting me to talk for 5 minutes and, and play music so I don't hate them for that it is what it is like that's the expectation of the show so like I get all like like, I get pent up and I have all this stuff. Like, nobody here cares about sports shit, so I'm not going to get on the radio and talk about sports here. So that, that eliminates no, and something. funny because when you first got this job, they kind of tried to market it as, like, sports slash rock. And then, like, three weeks in, you very quickly realize that this no one gives a fuck. does not care about sports. They don't. Not enough to, like, talk about it on a rock station. I mean, even when the Titans were in the playoffs, it wasn't, like, tighten up, like, Titan fever. No, like there's different expectations for it. So like, it's just weird, man. They're just I, like, if we're being honest, I go through stretches where I'm just like, fuck, I just don't like, like I miss getting on the radio and having a long form. Like generally speaking, 
in a talk format, you'll have at least 12, 13, 14 minutes a segment to riff. And I love riffing. The best shit that me, you, and Jim did was riffing. It started with one thing and became 10 other things, and it was fucking hysterical. And that was the most memorable stuff. The Dave's Not Here caller guy wasn't planned to some asshole. Called me, left him on hold, uh, left him on the air for a long time, um, and it became funny. Or Miguel is the one that always goes back to. You can't do Miguel here. Because in my mind, the second I start riffing on something in music, it's like... Oh shit! Wrap, I, it I, like, wrap it up. Like you got to be quick, because I know what the uh, the argument will be. Josh, you got to get out faster. You got to do a quick thing and get out. And I don't hate the job. I love the people I work for. I'm not complaining. I'm just letting you know when someone says, "Boy, you're pissing vinegar today. You're fired up. You're off," because it's different. Because I don't get to fucking do it anymore. It's a different format. It's a different type of job, honestly. It is. So it's it's weird to me, and it's different to me, and I struggle with it sometimes. You might say, "Well, Josh, you're the number one show in town. How much could you really be struggling?" Well. Well, from that regard, I'm not, because I guess I'm a fucking G. For whatever reason, everywhere I go, it turns to gold. Then it turns to shit. Everywhere I go, I turn it to gold. But like, it is, like, it, like in a stilt skin. That's right. I, I spin straw into gold, then I turn it to shit. It is an adjustment, even the other way around, too. Like, me coming from music radio and then doing the 790 job, like... When we first started doing that, there were a lot of times that I feel that I would rush through the news or I would rush to hurry up and say something funny and then like, okay, that's it. Like, yep. oh, I can still keep talking. Like, it was weird to me. I didn't know how to extend my thoughts and extend my viewpoints past like three seconds. Like, I'll, I'll because I record the shit for Detroit because I can't do it. I'm doing it live, basically, but it's not live, live. So basically, I record shit for Detroit and then it lands on their station like 10 minutes after I record it. So it's essentially live. And I'll be doing something. And I'll look at the clock and I'll say, oh, I've gone three minutes. And I'll go battle. Let's restart. I, I can I can keep this tighter and shorter. And that's what they want. So and like, again, if we're just being honest, like like that's it's a tough spot sometimes. Somehow I've become good at it and because I'm a radio savant, as Barry used to call me, because I'm cognitively there, like for whatever reason. I'm able to do it, and I'm able to do it well. And that's not even bragging, because I hate myself most of the time. I'm just able to do it, and that comes from years of listening to it and, and being part of it and being around it. But it's tough, you know, because you're used to being the person that people go to, and they view them, whether you like it or not, as like an authority. Like when the Astros make a trade, people turn on sports radio because they want to hear what the dickheads on the radio have to say. So, and that's you. They go, I got to hear what Josh Ennis says about this Verlander deal. Because he's talked about Verlander for months. What's Josh Ennis's opinion on it? And they tune in to hear that. People don't tune in to hear Josh Ennis's opinion on shit on music radio. They tune in to hear me maybe make one little line and then and, and play winger. Which we don't even play enough winger. And I think winger's great. But, like, that's where I have the hard time, kind of, where, where I have a hard time computing, you know, with all that. Uh, your old show used to remind me of the old KLOL. It was entertaining. Well, thank you. See, we would have been great on a morning show, like on rock radio back in the day. Like, you know, doing wild ass shit. Uh, MW Sogrove says the best shows y'all did were usually the ones where there was nothing going on and y'all found material. It's like now I have a hard time doing that. Like I sit there and I'm like, like on that show, anything could be material, any topic, any subject, whatever. I would just go with it. Here I'm like, well, that one might be a little too political and I don't want to piss off right-wing people today and I don't want to piss off left-wing people because this is not the format to piss people off. This is the format to get as many people as you can to listen, no, which I get. Like, Josh, this is going to start your day, get you in a good mood, ready for the week. And I suck at getting people in a good mood because I am an asshole. And like, that's the hard part. Like, I am like a heel. That's what I'm good at. I'm good at pissing people off. It's my skill 
if you will. But like I try now I go in every morning like Josh try not to piss people off today. And that's where I end up in a tough spot. Uh, let's see here. Uh, how oh, did the, the sh- tight ends thing? That was funny too. Mike that was Lutz a good just brought one. That one up. Uh, let's see. Ninety-seven won the Eagle with Russ Martin. A show about anything and nothing. Well, Russ Martin's dead, isn't he? Russ used to work for my old boss Gavin at one point. Uh, I remember when you were saying all this hilarious stuff about tight end sports bar at a grill one summer day. And that all came from, there was a commercial, I heard it, and we made fun of it for 20 minutes. That's what I'm good at. You know, and I, apparently I'm good at this shit too. I'm just and a G. And that actually worked out really well because it turns out like tight ends actually loved it. Yes. A lot of clients now are like, we take, this is serious advertising. Why are you ridiculing our product? Correct. So that actually... Um, like someone brings room. up the reach around. My ass ain't playing the fucking reach around commercial. Like we used to play all those fake commercials that weren't even ours. We would just fill time with them and play like cock sausage and shit like that. I ain't doing that shit here because who knows what's going to happen. It's just, and like my boss leaving saying, but you can take more chances. Yeah. Can I? Can I really do that? I'll just not, you know. Uh, let's see. I'm Brittany. I love cock. Chicken, that is. Yeah, that was <laughs> like. Oh, God, I'm trying to remember. Like, there are so many of those bits that I wish we had uh, audio of. And then, Jim, we slowed down the voice on the chick, and it sounded like Herman Munster. Heck, yeah, I love balls. (laughs) And, uh, like, well, because it was, I'm here with my sexy friend, Brielle, or whatever, and it's like, like, hey, guys, I'm Brielle with my sexy friend, Carrie, and we're here at Tight End Sports Bar. Why don't you come get your knobs polished when we open the door handle for you? At, you know, like, and it's just so stupid. It was fucking great. But anyway, enough reminiscing. I'm going all um, little river band on you here. Happen. It does. I do that on occasion, but um, come in our back door at Tight Ends. Hey, do you guys want to come in the back door? Well, we'll open it for you at Tight End Sports Bar. God damn. Okay, so you got to stop, Josh. Someone give me a new topic. I have to have a new topic fast because I'm spiraling here talking about shit. And you know where it really got me is last night, we fl- I just started listening to the 790 stream. I was listening to Sean's podcast. First thing that pissed me off was the first nine minutes of it was commercials. Who the fuck leaves nine minutes in a fucking pod? Like nine minutes of radio commercials in a fucking podcast. That's number one. But I'm listening to it and I'm like, fuck, I get like I, I, I rule this. That is my domain. Anyway, now I'm done. Now I'm finished. Thank you. Someone throw out something new. Well, we were trying to figure out if uh, Paul Wall is the godfather of Alex Bregman's new Does he child. still run with Paul Wall? I think he does. I mean, I've, I've seen them post stuff together and do videos together. I think Paul Wall may have been involved in like a salsa commercial. Because but, he's, mean, not, he's not down with the boys the anymore. The boys. I, I guess maybe Paul Wall gets special status because of his celebrity-ness. His celebrity-ness. You are absolutely right. So I, I do wonder, is Paul Wall the, uh, the godfather? Um, Does he have a grill? I mean, that'd be a pretty sweet... What if his, like, passy looked like a grill? That would actually be amazing. Uh-huh. That'd be very Houston. Would it be like when the Clantons probably named their baby, like, Bill Worrell Clanton? Do you think they'll name them all Houston stuff? Like, like this is our kid, Trill OG, Bagwell, <laughs> Bregman. Well, they just named him Knox Samuel, so... Sam Houston, maybe that's after. Maybe. He's very Houston-centric with the name. <laughs> Spank it, slap it, says, I'm tired of Bunby. I'm like, this is going to sound like the whitest thing ever. 
Had no fucking clue who Bun B was when I moved back to Houston. And everybody's like, Bun B's calling. I'm like, who? I don't give a fuck. Not ripping the guy. Don't give two fucks. But, like, I had no idea. And, like, big picture, Bun B is not a big deal. Like, it's not like, oh, hey, Jay-Z is from Houston. Or, hey, Kanye is from Houston, right? It's like, it's Bun B, you know? And, like, no offense to the guy. I think he thought I was racist, which whatever. Who didn't and who doesn't, right? But, like, they'd be like, Bun B is on the phone. Don't care. You should talk to Bun B. Okay, that'll make me sound cool. On this shitty AM radio station listened to by mostly old white dudes, let me try to sound cool talking to Bun B. How long before Miguel offers room, uh, Brock room service in the booth? Well, that was another bit that just came out of nowhere and became something, didn't it? That was a fun time. But anyway... Uh, what else is going on in the world? I mean, I can't feel like that's about it. <laughs> it's the trade deadline. That's pretty much. Oh, Demi Lovato is uh, not just a they, them anymore. They will also accept she, her pronouns now. But she can also still be a they, them, but she will accept she, her. Yes. She's a fucking lunatic. They? They is a fucking this lunatic. This person is a lunatic. And a anyone total who's like nut. legitimately LGBTQ plus should hate Demi Lovato. Yes. She's, She's making a nuts. mockery of your, your life, basically. Um, she is... Um, She's using pronouns for marketing and attention. And the thing is, no one cares. Because no one listens to Demi Lovato's shit. The worst thing to come out of Demi Lovato's existence is my girl who played guitar for Alice Cooper, Nita Strauss. That really bothers me. She you. left Alice Cooper to join Demi Lovato. That makes me sad. I'd still want to see her naked, whatever. I don't know that I would anymore. I think I'm over that. She's she got weird, moment. like, Florence Henderson haircut, and she wears dumb pants suits, and she's been violated by many MMA fighters, it would appear. I wouldn't doubt that AJ got up in that at some point. Like, she had a thing. And Fez. Fez got in there, too. Um, but, like, she doesn't do it for me anymore. But she was, like, she was it for a while. She had her moment. She was bay. And I loved her very much, and we met her, and I got my picture with her, and she was clearly smitten with me, and that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. She loves Ennis. She loves Ennis, and that's okay. But um, now she's just really gross and annoying, and she has a Florence Henderson haircut, or more, maybe more of a Shirley Jones. I can't tell. But either way, she's really gross. Demi looks like Yolanda Saldivar. I've seen the uh, one of my favorite memes of the last couple of months was um like it was an old picture of demi and it, and it was like it was her dressed as, as selena, selena yep. and it was like like you know like before and then after it was a picture of yolanda saldivar and current demi lovato and it was accurate uh let's see mac is having a school supply drive that's awesome i wish we had a mac here that could help us pull off a lot of that shit because mac is a legend oh, and we the, love him the other story was uh dane cook is engaged to his girlfriend of five years. And she is, uh, you know, only been alive for about seven. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, she no. is, what, 23? She's 23. Good for him. Kelsey Taylor. He's Look, 50. She's 23. Well, and I guess that means, what, they started dating when she was 18? So what? Which means, really, they probably started dating, like, when she was 16. Could be. But you know what? Like, if he wants to put up with the fact that it's a little Hey 19 situation where they got nothing in common, whatever. If he's willing to do that for the poontang, go for Nothing it. Nothing wrong with that. I don't fall. Look, dude, you're 50. 
You know, you've had your moment. You're not really famous anymore. You're not like Dane Cook was on top of the world like eight, you know, 15 years ago. And now he's on top of some 23 year old today. I mean, that's a pretty good run. I was surprised too when I heard that Dane Cook was 50. But you understand this? Dude's been doing shit since really the mid to late 90s. Like Dane Cook's stand up actually used to be really good. And Vicious Circle, of course, is one of my favorite stand ups. But, um, you know, I like him. I like, I see, I always liked Dane Cook, and maybe it was because I like people that everybody else seems to hate, and that's kind of well, my thing. I loved Dane Cook for five minutes. Yes, but then very quickly they all started to hate Dane Cook when there was Dane Cook overload, right? So what you would end up getting was like Dane Cook is in all these movies, none of which were very good. They were all watchable. Like, you know, Good Luck Chuck, lots of titties in Good Luck Chuck. D. Hess says Employee of the Month is underrated. Wasn't bad, but it also had Jessica Simpson, who's just worthless. Um, what were some of the, he had a couple of them, the, the, my best friend's girl with the fella, Jason Biggs and, and really an angel of that era, uh, Goldie Hawn's daughter, uh, Hudson, Kate Hudson, who was an angel in that era. She was like one of the ultimate no titties, nice ass type chicks. And her ass wasn't gigantic or anything, but she had no titties whatsoever, but she was an angel in that era, but she was there. See, B. Hannon says Dane Cook, Tom Green and Andy Dick all had their run. Here's the difference, Right. Tom Green had a moment of being a dude on fucking MTV and they put him in a couple bit parts in movies and there was Freddie Got Fingered. Andy Dick was never a megastar. Dane Cook was a legit megastar. The dude filled up the Boston Garden or the TD Garden for a stand-up special. That's 18,000. He was in waiting. He was one of the waiters and I think he was the welcome to the Thunderdome guy in Mm -hmm. waiting. Um, But like as a star of the movie, he had Employee of the Month, he was in that shit. Remember, he was in a movie with Rodman. Was he in that Rodman, like, double team or some shit? Oh, I forgot about double team. I think he was in that. Like, Dane Cook had, like, like he had a moment, like, a much bigger moment than, than, than fucking Andy Dick or any of these other guys. I mean, this dude was in mainstream, relatively large budget movies, it, you know, and sold out arenas. I, like, when I saw Dane Cook stand up, he played at the UNO uh, Lakefront Arena, the New Orleans, uh, the University of New Orleans Arena. And I saw him and like the like in 2009, probably had 8,000 people in there to go see him. He ruled. Like, I was really into it. And if you go back and listen to Vicious Circle, it's fucking funny. It's really good, you know? It's better than, like, Carlos Mencia. He was also the voice of the sausage mascot, Mr. 3000, so. He was. He was. And that was early, too, because that was in, like, 2002. 2004. Yeah. So, like, Bernie Mac was obviously a Mr. 3000. Boy, that's a... And, and not, like... Homeboy was in there very long. Dane Cook wasn't in there very long. Dan in real life was another See, here's one. the thing about Dan in real life. Dan in real life was an okay movie. It was kind of like a dramedy and like, and uh, Steve Carell is the dad and he's got a couple of daughters and no mom because I think the mom died. Then they go visit the family, you know, at like some getaway weekend and he falls in love with this chick who just happens to be dating his brother, Dane Cook. It actually wasn't a bad movie. It was fine. It wasn't one I'd say, hey, go watch this, but it wasn't a bad movie. He was actually had a bit part. He was like the second guy in a movie called Mr. Brooks, and Mr. Brooks had uh, Kevin Costner, and Kevin Costner was actually, like, it was a good movie. It was like a, it was like a suspense, and it was pretty good. Uh, Cypress Jeff says, saw him at Toyota Center, sold it out. Like, the dude, like, like he was massive. Like, there are a handful of comedians... <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, you guys want to see the Luther cam? Look at the way this guy's sleeping. Hold on. Let's see if I can show you. 
<laughs> so if you notice the arm of the chair, it's uh, that's Luther's paws, his Luther's back, back paws, legs, yeah. like his back legs. His head is down there, like at the like to the left, and that's Luther's uh, back paws. What is that? I don't know. What are we looking at here? It made me laugh. The front <laughs> paws are crossed too, which you can't see on the camera. But he has his front paws crossed. Look at this guy. I tell you, this Luther. He is nuts, man. He's a he's crazy. He's wild. Look at him go. Like what? What what guys what? Am I Am I on Twitch again? This is so stupid. Why am I on Twitch again? I told you guys to take me off of here. I did not want you guys to see me on here. But good for him with a, a, a chick that's like half his age. If he can tolerate the chick, why not? You know, I mean what I mean less, is there a well, more than half his age, but less than half his age. That's what I'm saying. Rock on, man. Ah, boy. Luther, you good over there? Good. Oh, oh. I'm up. I'm up. I'm, he's like, wait a second. I can tell you guys no, were looking look what at you me. Did. What? What? I'm up. I'm up, guys. What? People love Luther. He's a stud, isn't he? He's going to the chiropractor tomorrow. Big Cairo tomorrow. Big chiropractic adjustment coming for your boy. Buckle up for it, baby. And his senior exam on Thursday. So that will go. Oh, I, I bet you're nervous, aren't you? Well, I hate that they make you wait for the blood work. It takes so long. Well, I mean, what if they do, like they can't just magically give you the answers? Well, some places have like labs on. I mean, that's not normal, obviously. But I mean, I'm sure he's fine. I know, but I, mean, I like to see. It. He's where, a tank. I like to see where his liver enzymes are, how those are doing. When of I tell people that Luther, like people look at me like I'm insane, especially here in Tennessee. When I tell them a few things, one that Luther goes to a chiropractor, like <laughs> as if animals don't get a chiropractic adjustment. Two, that Luther is never left at home alone. They're shocked by this. Three. Well, mostly that, everyone's shocked by that because it's ridiculous. That Luther uh, goes to daycare. They're like, a dog daycare? Yeah, dog daycare. A lot of dogs go, asshole. And then when I tell them about the fact that he gets like laser treatment, so he used to in Houston. They're like, what the hell is laser treatment? I don't know, chief. It helps him out. Like, I don't know what you want from me. What am I supposed to tell you? The dog gets laser treatment. It helps his little muscles and his little bones. He's almost 11. We're, he's living his best life. He goes for long walks still, and I think it's because he takes all these supplements. He's like Tom Brady is essentially what he is. Like, Tom Brady's still out there doing the damn thing. He's 44, whatever. Luther's basically 44, and he's out there crushing. He's just like Tom Brady. Sore Trigger Finger says we take our dog three days a week to daycare. Fucking wears him out. That's the thing. It's fun. Like, why not let the dogs live their life and go to parks? Some people are shocked when you tell them you take them to dog parks. They're like, what's a dog park? It's where dogs go around and they run and they have a good time. Unless they're Luther, he just kind of walks around and pees on a lot of things and avoids other dogs. Well, no, he'll go sniff the other dogs, but he'll get mad if they sniff him back. That's essentially it, yes. Ah, boy. Speaking Grumpy of uh, Tom Brady, the Dolphins were all in on Tom and Sean Payton. Now they got pop for uh, for uh, doing that, getting a little aggressive Everyone's with it. Everyone's tampering. Fuck it. Like, why does it matter? You know, if somebody wants to play somewhere, let them go play somewhere, right? It's funny, though, just in the middle of the season, like, Tom's like, hold on, guys, I'm busy. Yeah, guys, I know you want me. Hey, look, I don't fault the Dolphins. Like, they suck. Right? So if you could tell me, well, we could have Tua and whatever random coach we have, or we can have Sean Payton and Tom Brady, I think you'd take Sean Payton and Tom Brady, and you'd be willing to tamper to do it. So rock on. As well, man. 
do what you got to do. Luther, you good over there, buddy? You're so handsome. Boy, a little special impromptu Tuesday night wine action here. Your boy might be able to sleep like a little angel tonight. I haven't taken a shower since I got home from the gym at like 11 today because I don't see a point. You want to know the truth? It's so damn hot. The second you walk outside, yep. you start sweating balls. I had to grill for lunch today. We had a little chicken salad. Not a not chicken salad, but like a chicken, a grilled, a grilled chicken. chicken salad. And so I'm standing out there in the heat, standing over this grill. It's hot as shit. So uh, rock on, right? Why not? Why not uh, just stay in your stinky-ass gym clothes? Which, by the way, broke a sweat pretty good today. 12 days in a row going to the uh, gym. That's a pretty good run for me. 12 weekdays in a row. I'm not going on the weekends. I'm not some sort of hard-on. Although we did find a new seltzer we like, we think. Yes, we did. So it's the uh, Boulevard, which is out of Kansas City. It's called, was it Quirk? Quirky Quirk. or something? Quirk. Q-U-I-R-K. But the one we tried was watermelon and sea salt. Yep. And it was fantastic. It did not taste like overly seltzy with like the back taste and the, the heartburn you can feel right away. Yeah. And it had zero sugar. It's pretty good. 90 cows. 90 cows. So we may have to uh, try the other flavors this weekend. Yep. Ah. Rock on, That'll baby. That'll really get you kick-started once you're doing your seltzers again. When I like get on the do... seltzer kick and eat a little bit better, which I haven't really been eating all that much better, but I've been going to the gym and crushing that gym like a monster, punching the old bag, letting off some steam, kicking ass, doing what I got to do, loving every minute of it. Right, so here's what I will do. I will say goodbye to the podcast audience here. I'll tell them about Aqueduct Plumbing first. Aqueduct Plumbing Company. It is Billy and his sister Mary, and they are in the plumbing business, baby. If you're in the Houston area and uh, you need a good plumbing uh, company, well, they do it all. Repipes, leak detection, camera inspection, plumbing fixtures, water heaters, tankless water heaters, water filters, drain cleaning, all that. Uh, you can give them a buzz. 281-488-6238. 288 281-488-6238 or aqueductplumbingcompany.com. Billy and his sister Mary are the best. And look Great at that. Company. It says right there, did you know you can book a job online? Who doesn't love booking online? I love it. So book a job online, you bastards. Uh, it is at aqueductplumbingcompany.com. The website is aqueductplumbingcompany.com. The number, 281-488-6238, aqueductplumbingcompany.com. They are at your disposal.